I resonate um, with the Indian people. Um, but yeah. So uh, no plans getting... for Valentine's Day, I assume. No pole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a COVID test today, hopefully. <laughs> Welcome to the, um, what number is this? Uh, give me five minutes. <laughs> I'm not going to spend the first five minutes of the podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be, it's going to be 46th. 47th episode. Oh, wait, 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 what's the, wait, hold up. Because what's the last episode that was released? Uh, 45th, Alyssa Torres. We did the Nico Patel one since. Oh, I haven't received that. My my bad. Yeah, no, no, no. I think Nick is just a little slow right now. Speaking yeah, of, he will not be present for today's episode because he is. <laughs> mm. It's a lovely Valentine's Day, though. Bahul, how's your Valentine's Day going? Well, Robert, I um, I'm happy to say that I got my first dose for the COVID vaccine, so nope. it is going good. Yep. Wait, I'm gonna show you. How did you get it? Did you get it at the one hospital that was like trying to hand them all out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff, I don't think mm-hmm. But I would have been late to work, so I was like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but this opens up so many things. Oh, let it be free. Wow. Will we be able to come over soon for a sleepover? Yes. And um, I think I'm going to start working too. So it's, it's, it's nice. It's good stuff. Oh, where are you going to get a job at Panda? Well, I'll apply. I mean, once I get the second dose, obviously, I'll start working on that. Right so, now, I'm just working on scholarships. The problem with, um, yeah, scholarships are so stressful, bro. It's too much. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we're in a pickle right now because of a certain former guest on our podcast, but it's fine. Yeah. It's Pardon? Fine. For me, all of the other teachers as well that I need uh nick we're talking about um okay so it's break right now and none of the teachers are responding we need letters of recommendation uh profa is missing in action because she's on vacation right now but uh i mean she said she'd be available on office hours i don't know what that means maybe during monday i guess i don't know we'll see Mine just lagged really hard. Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. Okay. Uh, I have a question um, for the tech expert just before we move on. Nick, do you know what? Uh, like, is this is this going to be like an MP4 file or something? The recording. I think so. So I just like send it to you through Dropbox or something. Yeah, I've only recorded um, a Zoom thing once before. Okay, I'll 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 figure it out. Um, 
Hey, Nick. So um, now that you're here for a limited time, would you like to briefly go over your thoughts on everything we're reviewing this week? <laughs> Absolutely, Robert. So let me start with uh, Malcolm and Marie. Um, let me just start off by saying Zendaya looks... No, no, no. Pahul has to decide the order first. Okay, order. So I texted the group chat on a specific order. It was most diss to least diss. And, and that, according to that order, it goes Malcolm and Marie, uh, the, the dig, and then the last one. Why is the dig the second most diss? Well, because at minute, I, I set up a minute too. I think it was 50 minutes and eight seconds. There's a post office that's called this post office. And so I set up a this thing. It's, in, not, in Judas and the Black Messiah, there's a lot more insulting, which I assume. There's no insulting in that movie. There's a lot of, well, I mean, there's some pretty intense. There's a difference between intense. insults and uh threats to your life like if i if i point a gun at your face that's not an insult that's me threatening you well i mean it depends on how you use the term insult it's a very vague term intentionally so insults i personally my definition and since i'm the one who comes up with these um orders i believe that insult is something that's come that's verbal i'm only here for 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. okay okay fine. we'll go we'll go we'll go um malcolm and marie, marie first the, and then um judas and the black messiah yeah sounds good i'll pull that up on imdb nick we're waiting on you oh shoot Dead air. Um, try not to curse by the way during the podcast um <laughs> uh you know malcolm marie Zendaya looks pretty different here, I must say. Yeah, she really does. She doesn't look like Zendaya. Yeah, um, r- really outstanding performances. Uh, I, I really believed it from both parties. Very great. Of... Wait, can I tell you guys a story really quick? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but this is a really good story. It's, it's not one that can really wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, Mr. Tyler, we were in um, ASD, and... He was like, you know, I think we need to stop calling these parties political parties. That makes it sound like there's something fun about them. And really, they're just really stressful. I have an idea. What if we call them internment camps? <laughs> so it could be like, yeah, I'm part of the pol- I'm part of the Democratic internment camp. Anyway, What's campy about it? I think the idea, well, like camp, like the camps for in the Holocaust. I think that was his reference. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really screwed up. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Anyways, you, you keep on going, Nick. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is just like a whole dialogue film. And I, I, I like those types of films uh, when it's written quite well. And it's, this is wit- written quite well. <laughs> Um, yes, behold, you have something to say? Nothing. You're just a very dull uh, personality right now. Like, you're not very vivid in your, uh, in your, like, it's just modern. <laughs> These oh, dudes fought a lot. I thought it, it kind of seemed like a documentary between me and my stupid wife. 
Wow. We, that, 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 I, yeah, like, right, a lot really to quickly. unpack there. Uh, but before we continue, there's some news that cannot wait. I, re- I just remembered. We have reached 500 streams for this podcast. Yo. 500. We officially reached it. Yo. Remind me when I asked. Guys, I think we've made it. Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> it took, us a, it took us a year to get there, but we... <laughs> <laughs> Um. Anyways, the dig. I'm not entirely sure it was possible for this movie to interest me in any way. The subject matter is just so boring, and the characters are British. I think. What's wrong with that? That really took a lot away from the film. I couldn't help but. <laughs> I couldn't help but. Like, have to listen to their stupid accents. Hey, there's a ship in it. Um, and that's my... No, wait. Uh, th- okay. I only... I didn't really pay, like, a whole bunch of attention to, the fi- to this film. And that isn't my fault. This is a film's fault. I'm not... Uh, uh, but for some parts that I did pay attention to... Dude... The assembling, it's it's like they just assembled this movie as in like stitched it together in like one go and they just had like a rough draft, but then that was also the final draft. Like it, it, it's so messy the way the way this film was put together and the way like the cinematography and like the shots is like are, are, are put together. It just doesn't really translate to the screen well, in my opinion. Um, and it's kind of nauseous the way they cut between characters and scenes of dialogue. It's 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 not good. Um, pretty boring. Anyways, last movie. Uh, it was all right. I mean, uh, well, for at the least say the name of the movie. At least say the name of the movie so we know. Judah what and the Judas <laughs> <laughs> and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Um, I didn't really. I didn't see half of it. Okay, now for the album. Um, Wait, so no, this, I want to know what you thought of the first half. I, I, like, I, I don't, I didn't really get enough information. Like, I like the the movie making and uh, the color correcting specifically, the color grading, whatever. Fun fact: was, the majority of people decide what their opinion is on a movie seven minutes into it. So, uh, Sophia, the dealers, first seven minutes better be pretty boss. Uh, they're kind of the worst part of the script, but I'm making them better. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know. Because the first seven cool. minutes are supposed to be bomb, but at the same time, they're also supposed to introduce the world of like the oh, yeah, film. Yeah, kind of introduce the world it, in a very it, bomb way. It's pretty hard. I thought it was supposed to start with a hook, like in an essay. Okay, um, so uh, album, I don't really know. It's pretty standard. I mean, it's just all of his hits. Uh, like, I, I freaking, okay, he's such a good artist, though. His song, music writing, can't really oh, call wait, it on because he doesn't write can it. Can we specify what album we're talking about, please, Nick? Can you please hit the album? Yeah, The Highlights by um, The Weeknd. There we go. Um, I won't say... His music is amazing. His music is pretty good, but I'd say his voice is good because I don't think he writes his music. And if he did, um, it, it it's pretty like 
it's pretty, um, you know, like formulaic, I think. Yeah, Robert's singing it right now. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, Got a little yeah, excited. pretty talented guy. And a few songs I noticed he's sounded very quite similar to uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone used to say that at, in the bus when we went, the, because the weekend used to come on on the radio and the bus uh, in eighth grade and in seventh grade. And everyone was like, oh my God, he sounds like Michael Jackson. I was like, yeah, that's right. He does. True. Um, the game, I think, is the best one. That Wait, whole... can we specify what game we're talking about here? Rowdy City Wrestling, of course. There we go. Um, probably the best one Pujols ever given, in my opinion. Uh, that is not correct. I completely disagree with that, but okay. Okay, probably the most fun that I've ever had using a game that Pujols given. Well, uh, I'm a good guy at finding good games. No, you're not. Uh, I thought this was really fun. Um, I'm going to punish compl- you guys next week. <laughs> one complaint I might have is that every time... Well, technically, this is like a wrong thing for my setting, but it shouldn't happen anyways. Um, every time I got an ad, like the game would turn from sideways on my phone to upright, and then I couldn't do anything, so I had to restart. Like I had to like re- get rid of the game and then restart it, and then... That never happened to me. Okay, Robert needs to go take the a host poo. has to poo. <laughs> Nick, I'll I'll have to keep you on the podcast for a little bit longer until Robert comes back. My apologies, no, I'm the host but now. but like there can't be just one person talking. That's not a podcast. Um, I'm the host. Okay, shut up. So Nick, um, <laughs> what to talk about? Anything interesting happening? No, other than the fact that I'm sleeping on Valentine's Day. Yeah, so like, what's up with that? Why didn't you fix what, what's your wrong with your sleep schedule? Where did it all go wrong? I don't really know. Um, like, at, at first, I started like, you know, sleeping until 3 p.m., then I started sleeping until 7 p.m., and now I'm here about to go to sleep at 10 47 in the morning. I hope you realize that you're like on, you're like on uh, India time right now. Like, the days are opposite in India, so. So Maybe I am Indian. <laughs> You're so stupid. I resonate um, with the Indian people. Um, but yeah. So uh, no plans getting... for Valentine's Day, I assume. No pole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a COVID test today, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be in love with the nurse who gives it to me, even if they're a man. Good. Okay. Uh, good I'll ask them to be my Valentine after they pick my nose for COVID. Oh, you're getting the nose test, huh? Good luck with that. Yeah, I don't want them to stick something up my butt. Oh, they do that? I don't know. <sighs> what else to talk about, Nick? There has to be something. <laughs> Dude. Mr. Bigelow hasn't put my test or um That is true. No no no. Yeah, you could say Mr. Bigelow because you're not saying his first name. Brian Bigelow. <laughs> Why is everybody <laughs> to his first name Brian? Brian Wait, isn't Mr. McIntyre's first name? I that... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh could be. Well, he's then... gonna put it in eventually. Also, it's been done so long, bro. Well, he's working hard. Or hardly working. 
it was a big test. I can't really blink very well. <sighs> what? I know, like you really did screw up your sleep cycle. I like. It's not my fault. How's it not your fault? Go on, give me a give me a defense argument. I have diagnosed awesomeness. Fair enough. <laughs> How do I don't really understand how like people just like have a schedule? And oh, stay I have on something that. to talk about. I have something to talk about. Um, I've never been so Nick, in my entire life. Recently on Twitter, something big happened with you, huh? Yeah, so I'd like to speak on this uh, uh, very, very profoundly. Um, I won't hardcore. say. I won't say too much, but. The opposing party, I feel, took a very immature and and very like narrow visioned stance on the subject. Did not care to see the victim in question's opinions because they weren't very strong. Anyways, don't get offended for other people. God, you're so annoying. Okay, and uh, well, I will not say anything on that subject. I believe it's a very sensitive subject, but this is proves the fact that um, Twitter is a hellhole, and you participate. Yeah, no, in yeah. Okay, I don't know okay, why. Okay. Like, I'll state by okay, saying okay, this no, argument me... <laughs> such as this. No, let me let me finish my piece. An argument such as this would never have happened in real life. Social media sucks. Twitter especially sucks. Anyway, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, when I first um, learned, I got, like, vertigo. Because whenever someone's mad at me, I get, like, really intense vertigo. Um, but, Kayla, listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you're annoying. I don't think you're a bad person. I'm sure you're great. I'm, you know, and I hope you feel the same about me, which you probably don't. But, um, listen, we just have different... Differing. It completed my poo poo. Oh, next giving is Twitter argument. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Nick, listen, we just have differing comedic backgrounds, and <laughs> I understand the differences. It's just you gotta understand. I know Kayla. I know she wouldn't care. It's okay. You've done it before. In fact, I've done it before, and she's laughed at me. It's okay. Like you, you don't you don't have to get offended for her. Or like, she cares. What? You meant Willa, right? Because Kayla clearly cares. Oh, did I stick a Kayla? Yeah, you said Kayla. Uh, Listen, Nick, Kayla, I don't think part. Willa cares. I really don't. And uh, if, if she did care, then I wouldn't have said it. Here's the, here's the worst part, is that your tweet wasn't even original. And let's go back to Ian Blank's tweet from a yes. while ago. May, may I yeah, I was going tweet. along with that. I know. No, you copied the, the tweet. Like, it, it's, it's just... Uh, it's just unfortunate what happened, but the worst part is that all of this transpired from a tw- uh, from a joke that was pretty much copied from Ian Blank, and a very okay, successful joke copied, on the Twitterverse. By the way, Ian Blank's joke was very successful on the Twitterverse. Ah! Yours wasn't. Yeah, no, his, it really his, wasn't. His got thirteen likes and two retweets. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, well, that's I had to delete it because um, what's her face? Uh, Alyssa was like, "Yeah, get rid of it." 
I will okay. read it off. We have um now that Nick Name has Will Davis, frick you. Now that Nick has um yelled at two of our guests, uh, I think we are free to move on from this uh, subject matter. I um yeah okay um I don't know Twitter sucks. I guess that's my stance on it. Stop taking life so seriously, Kayla. And Alyssa. Okay. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Okay, I had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry. No, no. This is a podcast for venting, and you know, good for you, Nick. Yeah, I look forward to seeing them in school. Well, now, um, you have been canceled on Twitter. Uh, Don Sherney has gotten canceled on Twitter. Those are the it two was not a cancels. cancellation. I didn't do anything wrong. No, both of you got canceled. You got taken down. Uh, who's next? Yeah, because I was apologetic. Oh, Elijah Zelesny got canceled, but he's back. So okay, don't put me with the people who say who call people fat and the N-word. Yeah, so, <laughs> and then uh, Justin Jewart also got <laughs> um, canceled because he also said the N-word. So I wonder who's next. I really do. It's yeah, fascinating. He said it, with, he said it with a hard R too. Like he, he, yeah. he also just doesn't uh, care. So also Zelijah Elesny um, used I don't know, I don't know if he used the hard R, but he did call he did use the N-word towards someone who's Egyptian. So I feel like that's a that's a very uh um uneducated. That's, yeah, that's very uh very unfortunate. Put it, put it lightly. Oh, guys, hold on. Update. My parents just gave me an Amazon gift card. Let's see how much it is. <laughs> Why did they do that? Why did they give you a for Valentine's so Day? <laughs> oh, for Valentine's Day, I got a bar of vegan chocolate, and um, I got these uh, gummy hearts and um, four root beers. I'm not gonna go too much into uh, what's happening i think this is happening today with you specifically robert uh you're you're participating in a specific event yes um so have you gotten any gifts to give to the specific person on this specific event no but i'm buying this specific person food oh makes sense so are you guys yeah and be really awkward because there's no indoor dining chocolates what there's no like indoor dining right like how's that gonna work uh, there's a spot. It's close to nature. It's cool. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck on that, Robert. Thank you very much. I'm about to fight Gabe Valentine. You're about to what? Fight Gabe Valentine. Don't know what that means. In in Rowdy City Wrestling. Oh right, he's playing Rowdy City Wrestling. Okay. Speaking of Valentine, Robert, I replied to you um, uh, when you tagged me in Palantine or whatever. whatever oh, yeah, Galentine's Day? Yeah. Ow, I got hit with the chair. <laughs> I, I called you some mean things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, here, okay. <laughs> I, I actually want to explain that because I think it's really funny. So there's this vegan account that I follow that for some reason was like, Happy Galentine's Day. It was like, okay. Um, and then, so I, so it was like, tag your Galentine's below. And I thought, oh, it would be funny if I just went and I, um, and I said at fidget fam squad, if I was like at Nick and then right after I said at Nick, some guy named, uh, I'm going to use his actual name. Trevino Curtis says, 
hey, bro, can I join your guys's Galentine's Day? And I was like, hell yeah, you can. Like, I just want to be nice to the guy. And then, and then, oh, wait, this is something separate. And then Nick comes in and says some really mean things to me, but it looks like his comment was deleted. My comment was deleted? Yeah. Like, you're just having a bad week on all social media right now. Like, you're just, <laughs> just insane. Also, wait, did I get banned off of Twitter? Hold on, what's happening? <laughs> Also, my most Your comment goes against our community guidelines. My most recent Instagram post just got a comment that says, John 316, for God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You guys what? want to hear the comment? Yeah. So the comment reads, at Robert Burke, shut the F up. I hope you die. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my Twitter's or my Instagram's back. Okay, good. Yeah, you got to be careful about that stuff, Nick, because um, you don't have a good track record. Yeah, that's great. Um, I just got a very great picture of Brett Scott on my feed. Yeah, doesn't he look so happy? <laughs> he kind of kind of reminds me of Ed Sheeran. Aww. Why is that? Oh. All right. Um. Should we should we go on now to the um the the uh, movies are part movie. of the movies yeah um we already know the the uh, order I know Robert that you are very excited for the first movie Malcolm and Marie yes in fact so, I actually got to see this one early and then I have seen it another time since um would you mind if I just go straight into this one yes go ahead really first. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's bid our farewell to Nick. Uh, Nick, thank you for joining us. Go sleep it off. Peace. Mm. What a wonderful Nick occurrence. Okay, so here's the thing with this movie. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, So it's like about two people fighting, right? Like that's literally the plot of the movie is after a film premiere, a filmmaker and his girlfriend come home and she's really mad at him because he forgot to thank her in one of his speeches. And it just evolves and evolves and goes in a lot of different directions. So Malcolm and Marie, um, I was really excited for it because one, I love contained movies. I love like The Breakfast Club, Speak of the Devil. I love um, like Boys in the Band was super good last year. And like, I love these movies, especially when they're contained to like two or three people, because then it's like really all the conflict has to revolve around them and they constantly have to be making up new things. I also got big like Marriage Story vibes from this movie, which I was really excited about because Marriage Story was my second favorite movie last year. So with all this excitement and anticipation building up in me, I saw it and I loved it. I really, really loved Malcolm and Marie. And I've seen it since, and I've seen a lot of like criticism towards it since. And I do, what I'm going to say is if people have a problem with this movie, I understand where they're coming from. I understand if you think that it's really repetitive. I understand if you think it's really pretentious because it is, and we'll get into that in a second. But like the fact that these two people arguing could keep me entertained for so long was just like genuinely really impressive. So Okay, um, so for, uh, for my problems with the movie, I'll just go into the problems first. I think 
the second half of the movie is definitely not as good as the first half because it starts to kind of um, meander. It goes in a lot of different directions. The emotions of the arguments start like slipping. And there's also this one like 10 minute long scene that has nothing to do with them fighting that I didn't enjoy. Um, and the reason is because it is, this movie is written by a white man, yet the whole scene is about how black directors are being misinterpreted in Hollywood, which is a bit of a problematic thing because a white man has no say in a thing like that. And, you know, I don't know if maybe he collaborated with Kid Cudi because Kid Cudi was a producer on this movie, or if he collaborated with John David Washington in writing the scene. All I know is that it just came off very wrong and very weird to have this guy um, writing as if he understands what it's like to be a black director in Hollywood today. Um, I also think it can be very pretentious when the movie kind of paints Malcolm, who is obviously based on um, Sam Levinson himself. It's very awkward and weird. What are you doing? I don't know who that guy is. Sam Levinson? That's the director and writer of this movie. Oh, wait, the white guy? Yeah. Oh. So he clearly based the character off of him because, I mean, the movie is about a recovering drug addict and Sam Levinson just did a show called Euphoria that was about a recovering drug addict. And, um, you know, it like, like it makes sense. So um, the thing with, uh, what were we just talking about? Um, Sam Levinson. Right. The the thing that was really pretentious about it is that they kind of paint Malcolm like he's this godlike figure and that anything that he does is really that's really rude is justified because he is a artistic genius. And I didn't love that. It, it definitely feels like this movie was made from the perspective of somebody with a massive superiority complex. Um and Okay, those are all my problems, though. What I do enjoy about this movie... Um, oh, wait, one last problem that I had. A lot of people are pointing out the fact that the black and white is doesn't do much for the movie, and there's a lot of things like that, like cigarettes and music choices that are cool but don't necessarily add to the movie, which I sort of understand. Now, getting into my positives. This is like a very passionate movie, and you can tell that this movie was made from a place of like nobody else is making a movie right now we want to make one because this was the first movie to wrap production during the pandemic um which is very impressive in and of itself excuse me um excuse thank you thank you follow yeah and i i think that for a movie that is all dialogue it really doesn't feel like that it goes by really quickly and like both times that I've watched it I've never found myself ever feeling bored and I've always felt like the conversation was reinventing itself like yes it is fairly repetitive because they're arguing usually about the same thing but I found that in their arguments they found different ways to argue about the same thing and I think that it said a lot about their characters obviously the performances here are outstanding um honestly I think Zendaya is my choice for best lead actress this year I would love to see her end up with an oscar especially because it would be so funny if she won an emmy and an oscar in the same year like that would be crazy especially for an actress who is 24 i don't know if that's ever been done before and 
um, John David Washington is also really great in the movie. I think his performance here is very different from his performance in Tenet, which I enjoyed. In Tenet, he was just kind of like a lifeless blob, where in this one, he was super like passionate and kind of crazy the entire movie. And I thought that was really funny. Um, and I like the cinematography. I, I Even though I understand the fact that like a lot of the stuff just to make it look like a cool movie was just there to make it look like a cool movie. It doesn't mean that I, my brain didn't have happy chemicals to it. Like it looked really cool. And I thought it added like a very interesting atmosphere. And I think it's a very the fights in it feel very realistic and what's interesting is that this movie was written in six days and oftentimes if a movie does that sometimes the dialogue can feel a little contrived but I didn't feel like this at all like the the fights felt very well developed they felt very realistic and it's a very passionate movie it's very memorable too like I think that that's something not enough people are pointing out this is a movie that's going to be remembered in like 20 years where even some of the great movies from last year that I would probably put above this I can't say that about so overall, I really enjoyed Malcolm and Marie, and I am going to give it a subway. Nice. My turn. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, I want to start off by saying that I didn't know that this was written by a white guy. So now that you point that okay. out, it's kind of weird. It's yeah. kind of weird that we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it now. Um, uh, this, this movie did feel very realistic. I'm not going to say much, but uh, I've been in a couple of fights that feel like this, where it goes on and on and on, and you find other things, but then it's quiet time, and then you start up again and everything. It's quite exhausting, so it's kind of entertaining to see this movie. Um, I don't know. I, um, yeah, I didn't get the black and white personally. Me uh, didn't get it. Uh, what else? um the the dialogue was very entertaining um the the black guy um was was super entertaining to listen to especially when he was angry that was kind of fun his voice was um, really funny he like yeah like, he was like people yeah ah, oh hell yeah, yeah. like, I don't like know. it was entertaining to like watch him eat mac and cheese he had like a certain way to do it no it was very fun yeah yeah that was yeah. really funny I don't like, but yeah, it's a good job on him. Um, the the girl was pretty dope too. Uh, she's in Spider Man, if if you didn't know. Zendaya. Um, yes, I, yeah. obviously I knew that. No, I'm talking to the listeners right now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I've only seen her in Spider Man, so this is like a completely different um role that I've witnessed her in. That was pretty dope. Very well done. Um. don't have much else to say uh i think it was cool kept me entertained which is pretty uh pretty um pretty solid achievement for a movie that's only two actors one set one setting which is the house and um and a black and white movie and a super and, like, small crew too like the crew like could fit on like two lines of credits you know oh i didn't i didn't see the credits but that's 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 pretty insane yeah it was um, very it actually it was actually bigger than um poop house which was kind of funny oh the the crew yeah well yeah poop house is a small crew right like that would have a small crew mm-hmm. but yeah i mean solid work for um achieving this 
keeping me entertained like this you know so, mm-hmm. good job guys and what's your uh, score my score it was a subway so i'm gonna give it a um, spicy italian spicy italian yeah uh, on on the um the italian bread with the cheese in it no mayo two meats banana peppers jalapenos no olives tomatoes toasted you're getting really specific spinach. with spinach huh? yeah this is my favorite order um anyway that's all i have to say boom should i pull up trivia uh yeah if you want there's actually some pretty interesting trivia associated with this movie okay let's see um one of the first films to be written directed and completed during the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States of America mm-hmm. that's why you, um, you notice how the house had like very big open windows and stuff uh-huh that was because like at the time you know the big thing was like oh COVID is way less effective in sunlight so they tried to design uh... have, like a bunch of open light even though they were shooting it at night, it was for the daytime when they were setting things up. Gotcha. Yeah. But that got debunked, right? So that was kind of useless. Yeah, it was. But at the time, it was awesome. <laughs> the age difference of 12 years between John David Washington and Zendaya caused some controversy. Zendaya refuted the criticism by saying people are not ready to see her as an adult. Wait, say that again? Uh, the age difference of 12 years between John David Washington, who is 35 years old, and Zendaya, I think that's 23, caused some controversy. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that. Like, I think, like, I understand the idea that, like, their age difference is there, but I don't know. They seemed very, like, adult in this movie, and there wasn't, like, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was a bit dumb. So controversy because like, why? I don't get it. Because of the age difference, it was weird when they were like kissing and stuff. I guess, but well, they're I both mean, adults and they both and, are. And they're both actors, right? They're not really like kissing each other. They're just like doing it for the for the camera. But no, yeah. but that's a very slippery argument because you can make that about a minor and a, a over eighteen person doing it too. Never mind. Please do not take that out of context. You know what the context is, people. Um. Okay, that's okay. That's all I have to say. All right. So I guess we're going on now to the next movie. Next movie time. What's um, the Dig released in twenty twenty one? Well, who are you going to this one? I, I'm curious well, what you have to say about this movie. Well, let me put the plot synopsis. Right. An archaeologist embarks on the on the historically important excavation of Sutton Hoo in 1938. Okay, so I want to go back to Nick's review, specifically one part of it, or like a few parts of it. Um, this topic does not interest me. Archaeology. That's what he said, I think. And I agree with him. Archaeology sounds very boring to me, personally, digging up old stuff. But I, like, a lot of good movies tend to focus on stuff that you wouldn't find interesting like in a in a normal time and they kind of like take the beauty out of that uh this mundane thing and make it kind of interesting and and this movie did that for me i mean and even then the archaeology it was it was a very like foundational thing because there was so much different stuff going on and i find that the case to be in a lot of period dramas 
for some reason. I don't know why. But this this was like a like the way I describe it, it's like a multi-layered cake, right? And there's so much stuff going on. It's really rich. The foundational thing was the archaeology, obviously. But there's like the mother and the son, the mother specifically, the uh the weird romance that's going on. And it's like there's a bunch of stuff going on. I, I don't know. I found it interesting. It's like a snapshot of this um group of people over, I don't know, a few months. And there's like the whole the wars coming narrative built into it and everything. And I don't know, it just I, I found it interesting. Um British people do sound kind of weird, to be honest with you. I don't like their accent that much. So that was, that was kind of a takeaway uh, from this movie, like fix your accents. But other than that, um, I don't know. I feel like this movie kind of tied everything up in a, in a nice little bow at the end. Kind of, okay, here's one weird part though. Is that at the end, the scenes, when they were going through, like everyone's doing their own thing. This, um, it's like this the son who's learning how to cope with his mother's illness and then it cuts to two uh young people having intercourse out in the field like it's just such a strange thing you know um i don't know so, so yeah, i guess some parts did feel a little weird but what else to say i don't i've stopped taking notes so this is kind of this is kind of hard these days you know um yeah, I guess not much. I can't really think of anything else right now. All right. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I have one. Yeah. So um, you were sitting near a restaurant and you were looking at a thing. I was like, look at that door, you know? Like, I like movies because they, they take something mundane like that and they make it beautiful. They find the beauty in life. Mm -hmm. And for me, th this movie kind of like, I was kind of remembering that and I kind of like, it kind of made- You have a stopwatch on? What? You have a stopwatch on? I do not have a stopwatch on. Okay. No. Okay. But you keep on going. Anyway, so I, I was kind of reminded of that comment, and I I don't know it kind of fit this movie for me personally. Because it looked really beautiful. It looked really beautiful, and um, it kind of like I would never think that archaeology is a good thing to make a movie like the dig, you know, like. Oh, yeah. it sounded so boring, but it kind of captured me, captured me. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about because I thought this movie was boring as crap. I literally... Oh, you know what? Um, I could make a note because I know that I started this um, Zoom meeting at 10.30. That's when the recording started. Okay, so it's probably around 45. 45. I want to put that in a in note somewhere. I'll, I'll text Nick. I'll text Nick. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, let me just let him know. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to be completely honest. My attention to this movie was not as good as it should have been because I was doing calculus homework while watching it. And calculus homework is quite a draining experience. But from the bits I was picking up on, like making a movie about archaeology is difficult because archaeology is a boring subject to most. And this movie does literally nothing to make it any less boring than it should be. This movie is just two straight hours of like people just 
talking about digging and their relationships and like it's it's nothing like this movie is nothing it is so boring and like nothing happens the entire film and it's so stupid i'm gonna get into spoilers here for a second but do you want me to okay 47 go ahead the plot of the movie like they dig up this hole and then the biggest saddest thing at the end is that they have to put the dirt back over the hole (laughs) how can you make a movie that's not the saddest thing to me that like okay what else is the saddest thing the the mom's dying yeah but like i don't know no that they didn't put the dirt back because of like the war or something they put the dirt back because they wanted to save it for later yeah, I thought I thought it was for like after the war, so they could dig it up and then like oh well, yeah, but that wasn't supposed to be sad. It was just supposed to be a thing like the war. <laughs> You're just wrong. It was supposed to be a sad thing that no, they no, it was not supposed to be sad. Uh, the war, in my opinion, is like it's playing this um, very uh, kind of outside influence on how the events of the movie take place. Everything from like the tension that they have to dig this thing up in two weeks because the war is going to start soon. Like, it, it, I don't know. It kinda, I kind of found it interesting how they use the war to do that. Also, uh, I'm sorry, Robert, before I let you continue on your review, I do have to say that um, I found the scenes where they were finding the, the coins pretty interesting. If I personally... Like, when they found the coins and stuff, and it was like, what? It's so old. I found that interesting, okay? Full disclosure. I was just like, wow, cool. I don't know. I really don't have much to say about it. It's just a really boring movie. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. It feels like it feels like a movie that would try to be an Oscar contender 10 years ago. But nowadays, it just knows it has no chance. This was made for boring old British people who drink tea with crumpets and put beans on toast and call it a, a meal. Oh, I want to have that soon. I want to try that. It sounds awful. All right. Well, you gotta try it, right? Let me review my rating system one more time, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna give this a Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me think of a Pizza Hut pizza. Wait, no, I'm giving it a Domino's, my bad. Oh, same thing. Like, what's the... Okay. Um, I want to give this a cheese pizza. I don't know. Like a cheese pizza. Because other people find it boring, but I found it interesting. Anyway. Is that it? Dead yeah, air? That's it for the dig. There's not much. Dead, dead air. Trivia time. Trivia about the dig. Yeah. Oh, they dug a hole. Uh... The real Basil Brown got a wage of 30 shillings a week from Mrs. Pretty. In the movie, this was written on the unseen letter. Wow. wow. So deep. So much <laughs> research. Wow. Um, uh, wait, let me think. Rory Lomax is fictional. The true photogra- photographers of the dig site were Mercy Lack and Barbara Wagstaff. What? Historical inaccuracy? Okay. Okay. You know what this okay. movie is an example of? Aaron Sorkin, in his master class, describes certain story ideas as 
the I think he says the shiny bright pearl that's really worth three bucks or something like that. His, his best example is Harry Houdini. He says true stories that are that are interesting or no, he says true stories about true big achievement sometimes are just really boring. An example of that is Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini has a had a very boring life. He was a fascinating person, but his life it would just not make into a good movie. I feel like that's what happened with the dig. They were like, true story about archaeology must be cool. And then it was just digging. Well, okay, what do you want? Like, like what was the alternative? That like a big starship Did comes on and, this, this movie. and then and then Jedi's come down and they start fighting with lightsabers on the battleship and then Duel of the Fate starts and then, no. and then someone's like, Hello there, and then General Kenobi's like, General Kenobi, and that's it, that's how the movie ends. Is that what you want? No, I want this movie to have not been made. Like make, make <laughs> a more interesting artistic movie than this. This is so boring. I, I like it. I like it. Not gonna lie. I, I I completely disagree with you here. You and Nick. Whatever. Anyway, anyway film you're a boring is subjective, old British right? What? Uh, what? You're a boring old British person. That's why you like it. I'm not a. It's offensive. Anyway, um, plot synopsis for Judas and the Black Messiah released in 2021. Oh wait, Story quick question. Quick question. Yes. Have you listened to the Black Messiah album? Listened to it last night after the movie. Isn't it so good? Yeah, I want to listen to it again. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, anyways, continue. The story of Fred Hampton, chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party, and his fateful betrayal by FBI informant William O'Neill. All right. Go ahead. I'll go first on this one, yeah. So Judas and the Black Messiah, I had friends who saw this early and they were like, it's pretty good. It's all right. So I was kind of expecting like a very substandard movie. And then all of a sudden reviews, early reviews started coming out and they were overwhelmingly positive. Like this currently has a 4.2 average on Letterboxd and I think a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like people were Damn. going crazy balls for this movie. Yeah, I can imagine. 98%, that's pretty dope. 97% now. Um, oh, but like Rotten Tomatoes, like once I learned how their rating system actually works, it's kind of yeah. less impressive for me, but it's, I still like, it's still pretty it, dope. Yeah, but Malcolm and Marie had a 59%, which is so weird. That's anyway. weird. Um, so obviously the hype was really big around it. It ended up being a surprise prem, um, premiere at Sundance and everybody at Sundance was like, holy crap, good movie. So I was like really looking forward to it. I will say I didn't love Judas and the Black Messiah as much as I wanted to, but there were some things about it that I really, really did like. What I would, a good comparison, I think, for this movie is like, think about like a coal powered like train. When it has steam, it is perfect. It is like, wow. Like when the steam is there and when its energy is there, you are glued to the screen and you cannot take your eyes off of it. And then all of a sudden it'll lose steam for about six or seven scenes in a row. And those scenes are just like, okay, another scene with this idea. Okay, another scene with this idea. And then some other scene will suddenly pick up and it's like, whoa. Um, and when the movie is like, whoa, it's amazing. It is so good. And then when it kind of loses steam, it's just like, all right, all right, let's just keep on getting through this. Okay. Um, what I will say is something else that I didn't enjoy too much about the movie was it doesn't have a very clear beginning and it doesn't have a very clear ending. 
I felt like at any point in this movie, it could have ended. And in fact, Ian, I watched this with our health expert, Ian Blank. Um, He was like, wait, I'm so confused. Is the movie like supposed to be almost over? And there were 43 minutes left. Like the movie doesn't do a great job in terms of like expectations from the audience, which honestly, I think that this is a first time director. Um, Let me, let me see his name and let me see if he's a first time director or not. But if, if it is, that makes sense. Like, it's a very, like, passionate, powerful movie, but it does have some, like, structural issues that I think, yeah, Shaka King is his name. It looks like he... That's a cool name. Oh, it's such a cool name. It looks like he's directed a little bit here and there. He directed two other movies. It looks like they were kind of, like, smaller. It looks like this is his first, like, big movie. Um and that's, that makes sense. And I'm excited to see where he goes. I think that he could become like a very refined, really strong director. And I love this. I love the way that he tells this story because like, I think way too often in history, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and the Black Panther Party are seen as like, are, I don't know how to say this. Like, Obviously, there was a lot of aggression coming from them during this time because of how awfully Black people were being treated and how awfully they're still being treated today. But the aggression is sometimes undermined by the idea of, like, hope. Like, the reason that they kept on doing it was that they were made hopeful, like, through tough times. This movie, like, I don't know how accurate it is, but I think it's really nice to see a fresh perspective that's like, there was no hope in these people's eyes. Like, they were trying to build a better life, but truthfully they were using violence and just trying to survive and just trying to get through the worst situations possible that they could put themselves in. And they were Black Panther members because they didn't have another way to live their life based off of the injustice going on around them. And the like violence in this movie is intense. Like it's the action scenes and the violent scenes are really well shot and really well set up. Especially there's one where like the police are on the street and there's Black Panther members in a like building. That scene was so intense, and like the way it was shot and the way that they did it, it oh so good. Um, and I think that the ending was very powerful, especially with like what it was saying. It's it's a movie that just kind of puts into perspective violent protests have been a thing way before 2020. <laughs> They've been around for a really long time, and honestly, some of the biggest changes that we've seen came from violent protests and that is an unfortunate truth is that it takes violence sometimes for people to really listen to a problem being a problem yeah otherwise you can just be ignored you know like you gotta kind of like put your voice out there with a i don't okay i'm gonna sound like an anarchist or something calling for violence but like you gotta you gotta show like your cause you know otherwise if you're just marching up and down no one's gonna really give a shit yeah and the other thing about this movie is like the performances are insane. Somebody here, let me pull it up on Letterboxd. Something said some somebody said something on Letterboxd that I think is like insanely accurate. And I definitely thought about it. Oh, in my opinion, we do not have a more entrancing, magnetic, fizzling, romantic, riveting, endlessly watchable actor in our generation than Daniel Kaluuya. And honestly, is that God, the is that the get out guy? Yeah. Yeah. If Daniel Kaluuya continues at the rate that he's going, he's going to be remembered as one of the best actors of our time. Like he, and especially when he's playing bad guys, like he's great in Get Out playing the protagonist, but um, in Widows, he was playing a bad guy. And here he's not a bad guy. He's just like a very aggressive figure. 
almost has the demeanor of a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy, you know, from the perspective of the story. He's just so magnifying to the screen. There's the scene where he's giving the speech to like the whole crowd and like chills were all up and down my body. He is just Uh so good. And the way that he can get so much passion out through words is insane. Like, God, he is such a good actor I, I oh my and I love him and I love Lakeith Steinfeld too he was really great um kind of more is like the protagonist of the movie and I love the way that they like represent his character's guilt too like having him be like kind of like he's trying to like rat them out as and yeah, oh like there's a lot of very interesting dynamics and a lot of interesting conflict in this movie again my biggest problem was like I felt like for every really great scene, there were four scenes that just kind of felt unnecessary. They could have shaved this movie down. They could have made it shorter. But for the story that it tells, it tells it in a really empowering way that's hard to watch, but also incredibly captivating. So I'm going to give Judas and the Black Messiah, I think I convinced myself all the way up from a Taco Bell to a Subway. Damn. All right. Um, Where do I start? Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, I don't know where to start. The okay. So when you started your review, the coal train was very strange. It was a very strange metaphor where there's coal. I don't know how you came up with that. Yeah, but it, was, I, it wasn't a great one. But it is it is fairly apt. Like what you were trying to convey from there, I do agree with you. I did find myself picking my phone up almost. I had to resist because some scenes were kind of like, uh, eh. but they were punctuated by some pretty solid scenes. I love the, the oratorial skills of the actor. Like you said, very powerful stuff. Um, I found that often when people are talking about, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and stuff, they just focus on like the civil rights part of it. And they ignore that like all of these people were trying to fight for like the idea of like democratic socialism and stuff too, you know? Like wealth inequality was a big part of their thing, but history kind of whitewashes that mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously there's so much bias that goes on. You know, they instead of to sell like, I don't know, weird Martin Luther King stuff instead of like ignoring that whole uh, class classism part of it. I think I think the biggest part of that, like in terms of like the reason that that's suppressed is like history is trying to paint it like we've solved the problems of that time. yeah uh-huh. truthfully we have not and there's it's still just so being forward. painted over yeah. yeah like uh then this during the 60s there there was some legislation that was passed like there was some progress made but obviously nothing mm-hmm. nothing came close to what these guys were trying to get done you know mm-hmm. and often you look at these speeches of these guys and the most uh, cited speeches are just the ones that are focusing on civil rights. No one, no, everyone forgets about the classism part, but this movie doesn't. You know, this movie puts all of that, like it melds all that together. And I found that really interesting. It's very important because people need to know the full picture. It's not just about civil rights. There was some other stuff going on too. It's important to know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like I said, scenes were pretty good. Like, not pretty, like, pretty damn good um the best scene in my opinion was like there was this overhead shot where there was just this blueprint kind of of the place where everyone was sleeping and then all of these police guys come in and they're just going bam 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 and it was like i was just like such a vivid way to show like 
they just like started firing through the walls that was just barbaric like yeah. that's just like that's 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 something out of like a like a movie about world war ii you know like yeah, like the, the nazis go in and they shoot the shoot the floorboards trying to look for the jewish people hiding and stuff like the inglorious bastards i think there was a scene like that in there i'm not sure maybe i'm confusing it with some other movie that's what i was thinking was like the violence in this movie borderline feels like a war movie yeah you you don't see that type of aggression and hostility in these kind of movies, which is why I think Judas is like kind of a uniquer film. Uh-huh. And like, there was a lot of violence that went on that people don't talk about, like important violence that put this stuff into like, Martin Luther didn't just get up, say, I have a dream. And then they just passed the bill. You know, there was other stuff that was going on and people just forget about that. And I don't know, this is a very important movie, I think, in that aspect. Mm -hmm. and okay yours was a subway so i'm going to give this one a spicy italian too all right all right now should we do album or game first uh, game first yeah i think we usually no i think it's kind of switches we don't really have an order yet we can do a game um, first game came first like in the podcast chronology okay. so, yes. that. um you go first on this one since i went first on judas okay so one day i opened the app store trying to look for a game to send for uh, this week. And I found Game of the Day, Rowdy City Wrestling. So I downloaded it. And this game was in my phone for like a month before I sent it to you guys. And I, because I have like, I have like 12 or 13 games for the next 12 or 13 weeks. That's gonna, and I go through like a whole process where I download a bunch of games. I play a lot of some of them. And then I narrow it down to like the worst games. But this game was just so enjoyable that I had to send it to you guys. I didn't want to punish you again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And so um, and I really like this game. It was very entertaining. It's, it's, it's simple. It's easy to understand. And but they have like a good progression thing. By the end of the story, you're kind of like done in a good way. Because at that point, the game gets boring. But the story is also over. So you've played everything. Um, don't really see myself going back like okay no no that's completely no that's not that's not correct i will go back to this game like once every few months like three four five months i think when i get oh yeah remember that game like kind of like tiny towers mm -hmm. but um yeah i liked it it was nice yeah this was the best game that you've ever given us Paul. It, like, I agree with Nick completely and entirely. This game is so freaking fun. It, it's like, I don't know. There's something so simple about it. I just, I love the art style, which the Tiny Towers comparison is actually very good because Tiny Towers was super fun for two months and then it kind of fell off. But we have very fond memories of it. I think Rowdy City Wrestling is going to be the same way. This, like, I love the animation style. I don't know why, but it just fits so well. It kind of reminds me of like old Street Fighter, I guess. Um, and the mechanics are really easy to learn and super fun to use. And there's like some strategy. My only problem, which maybe this is just a me problem, but I find the game is like really difficult after like your first few fights. Cause like you can't make that much money. They should have made it so that there was easier ways to make oh, more. Money. Yeah. You can like, there's a guy in the back and you can like hook up like illegal fights with him and he gives you a bunch of money. Really? Yeah. Okay, I guess I need to go to that guy. Like, I like my my problem now is I'm at a place where the only way for me to make money is doing that one random activity, and then I have to spend all the money that I get from that healing myself 
so I can yeah. go into a fight and then go into my worst health condition state possible. <laughs> it's like, so like, it's a bit infuriating that there isn't like an easier way to train. But beyond that, like, it's super fun. And it's one that I'm definitely going to keep on my phone and like keep on playing here and there because I enjoyed it quite a bit. And honestly, I think this is the highest score I've ever given to a, a game. I'm going to give it a, a Starbucks. It's really good. Wow. Wow. That's, that's fun. very high. Yeah. I want to give it a caramel cold brew. Well, you might need a new rating system soon. You're kind of repeating yourself. Yeah. Uh, anyway. This is a temporary one. Don't worry, guys. Okay. And now on to the weekend. Oh, the weekend. Okay. Um, greatest Hits album, The Highlights by mm-hmm. The Weeknd. Dude hasn't even finished his career yet, I'm pretty sure, and he's making highlights. Uh, yeah. like what's up with that? Hit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get that. That's really stupid. Um, uh, he does have a lot of hits, though, like a lot of stuff on there. Like, that's like, like that was full on. Like, a lot of people, I don't know. But it just felt like a, it's not really an album. It's a playlist. Yeah. It's, this was a terrible choice on Nick's part. This is yeah. not like an album to review. I wanted to review Judas and the Black Messiah because, but I, I found about it like too late. Like I literally knew about it like well, last okay, night. The album, the album isn't called Judas and the Black Messiah. It's just called the Black Messiah. Oh, it is? Wait, are we talking about the same? You're talking about the one by D'Angelo and the Vanguard, right? Oh, no. I'm talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, the album. There's no, I album. that was a thing. Yeah. That's why, because oh. they can be reviewing the movie, too. And it kind of oh, goes along with like the movie. Various artists one? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, this- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. But, like, I, I plan to listen to Black Messiah by D'Angelo, too, for sure. Oh, yeah. That, that's the one I thought you were talking about. It was funny, because I listened to it right after, and then Ian was like, is it based on, like, the same story? And I'm like, I don't think so, but I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll give this a listen. It has Jay-Z on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like greatest hits album felt like a playlist. Some it, it just felt like radio hits, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, popular generic song after popular generic song. Good generic songs, but still generic, you know. Honestly, the, I feel like this review, the review of this album, is just reviewing him as an artist. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I honestly like. The weekend is one of the most like basic people I listen to, which honestly my music taste is getting so basic at this point. I feel like I no longer have any taste. But hey, I like that's not true. Like the weekend is the one guy where like he's like a pop singer, really. Like he's classified as R and B soul, but it's pop. Like it's a hundred percent pop. It's pop. And usually like I'll find these like type of songs really annoying, but honestly, I really liked it. I kind of um the weekend kind of first came into like my field of view. Like, he's always been around, but I never really knew who he was until Uncut Gems and then the release of After Hours. And, like, I always say Blinding Lights was, like, the big song from After Hours, which is a really good song. And, like, a lot of his songs are really good. Uh, I think it's funny that he sings about sex so much because I don't think he's that attractive of a guy. Oh, but he's rich, right? He's rich, but I don't know. Like, like the notorious B.I.G. talks about it so much, but he's so he was so fat. He was so so fat it's insane but yeah that's how it goes i guess and also uh what's who we oh um the weekend uh i feel like i don't know the vibes i get from him i feel like he's like closet gay 
which like I have no I have no evidence to back that up. It's just like the feeling that I get from him. I just don't see him being like a gay man. Yeah, no, I I totally get that. Like, um, yeah, no, I got that. I totally got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I a lot of weekend songs were like really big. Um, okay, when I came to this country, I used to listen to literally the radio like like that was my thing that's how I, that's how i exposed myself to american culture mm-hmm. uh, wait let me show you this is my radio player i still have it and i used to listen to this um literally like like it's insane it's so stupid but i used to do it and a lot of those songs from the weekend in the highlights they were playing on the radio constantly so when I listened mm-hmm. to this album, it was just a nostalgia, you know, when it just came, like that whole middle school, seventh grade specifically, like it was insane. So I kind of, I don't know, it, I kind of enjoyed it just because of that mostly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm kind of biased, but I don't know, there were good songs, I guess. Um, if you, re- you want to listen to The weekend, if you just want to listen to the artist, just play this album, I guess, and you'll get it. The reason why I like albums is because there's a common theme that goes on with all the songs in that. Mm-hmm. This is just like taking a bunch of stuff from different albums. It, it just feels so jumbled. Yeah, usually I like, like the the thing like we were talking about in Arcada, like we like as a friend group listen to albums. We don't really listen to singles just because like it's just harder to listen to singles. Like it's harder to yeah. get. And this is just like literally just singles. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it it was it was fine. It's just really hard to review, honestly. Like it's it's good. It's like he's a good singer. His voice is very high and very good. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I'm gonna give this album. It's hard to rate. I'll give it a freaking Taco Bell. I don't know Taco Bell Subway. Taco Bell Subway. What kind of freak combination is that? Uh, what kind of food that combines Subway with Taco Bell? burrito nailed it you want to know something really interesting apparently so panda express is actually like the biggest food chain in a restaurant group called panda express but there's two other restaurants there's panda inn and hibachi san um and at panda inn they have like panda express burritos like you fill the burritos with like chow mein and orange chicken. That's very, it's very strange. Some of my coworkers tried it, and apparently, it's like not something that you'll ever have again, but it's worth the one experience. Oh, dude, I gotta go. Yeah, wait, I want. Let's find out where the closest Panda Inn is. Oh yeah, I'm looking at the locations right now. It started off as a. Uh, it started off as Panda Inn, and then grew to be Panda Express. Uh, Pasadena. Universal City, uh, La Palma, Glendale, and it kind Ontario. Of like, just like a more like advanced Panda Express. Yeah, it's like they're trying to go into the restaurant business. Right, and then there's Hibachi San, which I think there's only like there's only five of them in the world. It's Japanese. Hibachi. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's good trivia though. That's good trivia. Mhm. Well, looks like we have reviewed everything there is to review. We have. Um, and it's, it's interesting. This is a shorter one, but it makes sense cuz we're missing a third of the podcast. Yeah. 
and Nick's yeah. kind of wacky, you know? Yeah. And uh, honestly, like, we've been having a lot of guests on, so this is kind of just, like, half of the podcast. But it's fine. It's fine. It's dope. It's, it's dope. All right. So, Pahul, how would you like to end off the podcast? Oh, I, uh, let me see. I will end the podcast by trying to figure out how to stop this recording without deleting it. And you guys will have to listen to me panic. Okay. So if I could find, okay. So the pause will be the two sticks and stop is a square, right? Mm -hmm. So when I click on stop, it should stop, right? Yeah. If I click on stop recording, three, two, one.